Welcome to Common Sense, your go-to location for market news, accounting updates, and everything in between. I'm Colin Williams. Alongside me today, as always, my co-host, Christopher Florio. Florio, how we living? Uh, we're surviving. Not thriving. couple really tough nights, some long days last week, but, you know, uh, the markets are pushing forward, and so will we. That is right. This has been a beautiful beginning of 2019, for my portfolio, that is. Yes, I can, I can say the same, and, you know, we're just, we're so happy to be back and bring in new material. It's been quite some time. Been too long, been too long, but we're back, and we're ready, and, and we hope you are too. And you've got a joke. Oh, yes, I do. Would I ever lead you astray and not have a joke? I, I would hope not. That would be the day that we folded, I think. So, Florio, do you know where the best place to put your money is? I mean, a lot of our talk today is going to be about where you should put your money in 2019. So do you know where the best place, place to put it is? I mean, personally, I think it's Boeing, but what, what do you say? It's going to be in alcohol. You want to know why? Because where else are you going to get 40%? That's just, that's way too relevant to my life right now. That's a tough one. That's oh, a tough look. no. That's a tough look. It's okay. Anyway, we're going to try and keep it PG, I guess, sort of. Yes. As PG as they come. I would say for the most part. Uh, I mean, before we, before we get into anything important, I uh, want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at the Cowl, who did a really nice piece talking about why we do this. Um, so if you haven't seen the Cowl this week, be sure to check it out. We really owe them. Um, so thank you. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then just some other housekeeping, um, for those of you who have been listening to us on SoundCloud from the beginning, you can now find us more accessible as we are now located at Apple podcasts as well as Spotify. So as I say, on some of the bigger name podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. So we are growing and we haven't published any new material in a while as we, as we, try and get the kinks worked out internally and you know, distribution and ego and all that, uh, getting that stuff out of the way. Um, so now let's, we can talk about the really fun stuff. We just got through a really, um, I don't want to say hectic earnings season because, it, I mean, it was overall, it was a pretty good season. It was almost kind of boring how good it was. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it was so good that it makes you think that this is not going to last. Yes, it? when you see a lot of green, it's a very... Yay, I made a lot of money today. What's going to happen tomorrow? Probably not the same thing. Uh, we'll see. We will from see. my experiences, at least. Yes, um, definitely. So, I mean, markets are flying start to 2019. The S&P 500 has gained uh, 8% year-to-date. Uh, it was higher. It's pulled back a little bit, as, as I think we were expecting it to do. It's the best right. January in over 30 years. Of course, this follows up the worst December since the Great Depression, I think it was. I think it was along those lines, yeah. I mean, the last time we saw any growth of this size was in 1987, so long before Florida or I were born. And that was when the S&P was up 13.2%. Ah, okay, that was when the S&P 500 was probably four digits, not... Uh Five or six. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. <laughs> Down in the four or five thousand range, but uh, someone yeah. can fact check us on that. Somebody will fact. Yeah, please do fact check us on that. You can post it in the comments. I'm sure we, we like to get a few comments every now and then. Uh, and, and analysts are are still bullish. I'm, to be honest, I'm not long term. Colin, are you? I don't know. I think the what happened for this excellent January 
that we've seen. I think we had a really, really bad October, November, December, and everybody freaked out, and they pulled all their cash out of any of their investments. And then January comes around, and everyone's like, oh, it's not that bad. It was kind of the overcompensation for the overcompensation, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it was a sell-off, and then it was a, oh, wait, we can buy back in now, and it's just money going in a whole lot of different directions at the same time in large volumes, and, and it just it has that effect. Yeah, I think I think in a couple of months going forward, we'll see it kind of balance out a little bit. So now we go into the nitty-gritty. Let's, let's talk about earnings season. Let's talk about where the future is. Let's talk about who shined and who fell to dust. Um, Technology, the FANG stocks, Facebook, Apple, Google, um, Netflix, and Amazon. Of course, I couldn't say them in order. That would have been too easy. Um, overall, it was pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of tech in there, and a lot of analysts have been worried about tech, but they, they really pulled through this, this year and this, this quarter particularly. I, I, too, am worried about tech. It's not just the analysts. Um, I didn't say you weren't an analyst. You very I, well could be. Uh, I don't know about that. We're all that's, analysts in our own right. That's that's fair enough. Um, Apple kind of limped across the line. They beat earnings, but that was the revised earnings. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny how when they do these earnings projections, they always aim low just in case. And then when you beat EPS by a cent or two, people lose their mind. Oh, this company is doing phenomenal. But in all honesty... Who is making these projections, you know? I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't. Moving on, uh, financial sector, financial services, kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, everything that the Fed's been doing recently, which I can't even tell you because I don't really know what the Fed is I, doing. I don't know what the Fed does. I just know they meet every now and then, and they probably have some nice And they say, together. we're going to raise interest rates or we're going to lower interest rates, but we don't know, and we're not going to tell you until the day we do it. Yeah. Um, you saw Bank of America had a really good quarter. Mm-hmm. Colin loved that. They did. I have um, a position, so I was happy. Yeah, I mean, you, Goldman's been in trouble in uh, right. Malaysia. Well, there's always something with Wells Fargo. Always. Why always would something. there not be? They're, they're just going to be the butt of many a, I think they are the butt of many a joke for us. Uh, you know, that, They have the, to be. That's Wells Fargo-esque. Although I have to applaud the Wells Fargo marketing department, mm. especially when they're, their first major crisis, the one where they were creating the fake bank accounts, and how they uh, went back and were like, oh, we lost our way along along this history, but we're going to get back to where we are. Really good job of the marketing team. I'd like yep. to see the managers <laughs> pick up the slack that they have been uh, having issues with. Yeah, no, I, will, I could not agree more. Um, so, I mean, I, what's, the, what's the better player? If, if you're just talking about tech and, and financial services, mm-hmm. where are you putting your money, Colin? <sighs> I'm going to have to say a crossover between the two. And by crossover, I don't mean I'm going to put some in Facebook, I'm going to put some in Bank of America. I'm going to go down the PayPal route. I'm going to go down the Square route. These war on cash kind of deals where everyone's using online payments. I think that's where the future of, uh, I guess, payments and um, banking, even in a sense, is all going towards this war on cash. I'm a huge fan of it. You're a fan of the war? Okay, that's different. I mean, I'm not necessarily a fan of the war on cash. I like to carry a crisp. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love cash. I always carry cash. But I feel like psychologically, when I hand over cash, I feel more sad than when I swipe my credit card. Yes, that's true. It's the best, the best way to not spend money is to have to pull out 
five, 20 different $5 bills when you're buying a $100 item. Don't use big bills. It's too easy. But just because I'm doing that doesn't mean I don't see everyone and their Else. brother using <laughs> Venmo. Love Venmo. Um, yeah. the, the parent company is PayPal. Um, I think it's, uh, I don't know if it's profitable as a company, but I use it. So, so I mean, well, long term, if it's going to be there, it'll find a way, I think, to become profitable. Uh, I'd like to see it. We all would. Uh, manufacturing industrial products, mm-hmm. pretty, that, that was solid. Yeah. I, was, I was very impressed. Um, GE is staging quite the turnaround when we think. We think. People are bidding up the price of GE, so it looks really good. I mean, everybody, I think everybody's rooting for GE. I think so. I mean, GE's one of those companies, they go way back, you know. And I personally was sad when I saw them got knocked off the Dow this past summer. Um, but yeah, Nothing, I, nothing I think, is sacred. Nothing is sacred. I, I, there's issues with management over there, but it's just one of those companies, they were the overdog, one would say, and now they're the underdog. And you just kind of want to see them get back up there. I don't know. Yeah, that's I, fair. I don't have a financial stake in them at all, but no, yeah, no. Yeah, I flirted, I flirted with the idea. I didn't do it. You know, it happens. Um, Boeing is, Boeing is, I mean, Boeing is soaring. Right? Boeing that's, is soaring, Boeing literally is, and figuratively. It's just a phenomenal fourth quarter. They, that's uh, very honestly the biggest holding that I have. More than happy with it. Best fourth, best quarter they've had in history. Um, and their saturated backlog, too. I think it goes five or six years out of, of orders because you, know, you can only produce so many airplanes in right. a year. Um, and Boeing's your baby, too. Boeing right. is Boeing is my baby. You're and you're Corning Glass. Corning Glass is my baby. Yeah. yeah. So again, that's down the industrial definitely you know, yeah. industrial yep. route. Absolutely. Um, so really looking to see that continue, and I think it will. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that the trade talks are a little bit overplayed right now. I think that some products there's there's just enough demand that you know what that they'll be there regardless. I agree. Um, and lastly, I think we want to come to health and life sciences. Definitely. Yep. Um, I mean, it was okay. Nothing special, nothing crazy. Um, I know there's a few CEOs of uh, pharmaceutical companies will be sitting in front of the Senate because yes. prices are too high, and that you know nobody likes it when the president tweets. At least not at their holdings. If he tweets at their holdings, they tend to sell them. Um, so we've been seeing some sell-offs there. Um, really warranted, probably not. You know, but that's just kind of the way it is. I think at this point. Yeah, definitely, and I think these companies are going to get some backlash within the next coming. Uh, year and a half, two years with all these debates that are going to be coming up. And I think one of the big talking points is going to be coming at these large pharmaceutical companies and uh, obviously people on the Democratic side um, focusing more on a universal health care kind of policy. Yeah, I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And obviously we'll be able to, you know, we'll be in the loop and we'll be keeping you guys in the loop as it goes. So now, Colin, I have to ask you and put you on the spot. Oh, boy. What's the sector to be in? Right now. The sector to be in. Hmm. I've always been a fan, and I am right now, and I'm going to go consumer discretionary. And the reason behind that is I don't think consumer confidence is that low. I don't know if you agree with that. Um, I, it, I agree with it. I don't, is it my favorite? Probably not, but I can right. agree with the sentiment there, yeah. And I think if you pick good companies, this is the Warren Buffett way to do do things he he likes consumer discretionary if you pick a company you like if you pick a big company um they're going to do what you need what they need to do and in turn what will help you out um looking at right now um i increased a position is disney love disney love bob Iger, ceo over there um and the reasoning behind disney is i think bob Iger is going to be going soon 
They've tried to force him out a couple of times. Everybody loves him too much. Um, and he just wouldn't go. But I think he's getting up there in age. He's getting up there in seniority. And it might be take for time for him to take some time off. And because of that, I think there's going to be a lot of ideas that are going to be going on. Even when he's not there, these ideas are going to be behind the scenes. And they will get launched for five, ten years down the road. So I think uh, especially Disney for consumer discretionary is a good one. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm high on industrial products. I am high on industrial mm-hmm. manufacturing. Uh, Boeing, uh, 3M, Caterpillar, all I mean, not necessarily 3M, but um, big players in the Dow Jones industrial average. I think uh, between Caterpillar and Boeing, you know, with getting whether it's defense or infrastructure contracts, um, we always talk about them. We don't really infrastructure is just not sexy. We don't hear about it that much, <laughs> but it, it's there. It is. It's there. It has um, to be there. And going off Caterpillar, um, I think I think they're they're a good they're in a good spot to be. And there's a lot of backlash that's going on with them lately. But when you are on the road and you see houses being built and you see roads being built, what vehicles are they using? I don't think I've ever seen one that wasn't Caterpillar. Yeah, that just sums it up right there. So I don't think you can go wrong with them. Yeah. So moving on, I mean, it was yeah, it was a pretty positive. January into February, I think we're all very happy. Um, how happy is Tom? It's Tom's that point pretty of the happy. Show. Tom's pretty happy. For our fellow listeners, you know what time it is. For those of you who don't know what we're about to do, it's Tom's net worth. Yay. Confetti. Woohoo. Um, this is the time when our dear friend and roommate, Thomas Cook, um, his position is an Apple. He loves Apple. Not a bad decision. A lot of the Dow and the S&P and all these large indexes ride on what Apple does. That's so not a bad spot to be in. It's his only position. He loves it. Let's talk about Tom's net worth. Well, I mean, still not where he was. He was, he was way up there in October uh, when you closed up at 232. But he's definitely seen worse days, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Apple's up 9%. Um, we said earlier on the show S&P was up 8%. So doing a little bit better than the market. Um, pretty much par though. Can't go wrong with that though. Nine percent. nine percent. Nine percent in the month. Oh, cannot go wrong with that. Anytime, nine percent in the month. Um, so we'll see. I mean, trade talks could help this. Yeah, I would say so. I always get these notifications. Uh, trade talk. Trade talks with the United States and China are easing, and then the next day I'll get one. Trade talks are worsening. So it's oh it's so much fun to try and follow and keep track of. I don't read them. I just have the stream of notifications to see which one we flipped to last. Oh, they're good, they're bad, they're good, they're bad, you know. Um but the bottom line is there's a March 1st deadline and we're not sure if the countries are going to meet again, although I haven't read the newspaper yet today. It's been a long one. Um and right now you're looking at 200 uh million. No, it's got to be more than that actually. That might be a B. That might be that might be 200 might be a billion. I want to say that's two hundred billion with a B of imports set uh, to see their tariffs rise from ten to twenty five percent. So this is a big jump, um, and it's yeah, a definitely. lot. Of, it's a lot of products. Um, so this is something that we definitely would like to see accomplished. Although you make more money in a rough market. So. Of course, of course, yeah. And I think a, a lot of a lot of this again talking trade talks goes back to Apple. And I just wanted to go back to talk about their decision not to include the number of. Uh, iPhone sold this year. Yeah. What did you think about that? I think it's alarming 
to the casual observer. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that the analysts are having are really having difficulty coping with that. Uh, but I think that it's a it's a really justified move on Apple's part because uh, they are demonstrating that the actual iPhones and the products are making up a smaller uh, percentage of their revenue stream. Right. And that's not necessarily a good thing because there still are markets that they haven't been able to capture. Really, it's just India, and they're getting beat pretty they handily are. in China as well. Um, so there's still room for sales growth there. But uh, in terms of the services, right, you think of the App Store and everything mm-hmm. else that they do, um, that's where they're trying to move to because I think it's less cyclical, right? I, I get a phone yeah. contract, and I get out of my contract every two or three years. So if we were all in sync, Apple would do really well every third year. Obviously, we're not all in sync, but um, you know that things like the App Store don't necessarily work that way. It's a much more constant stream, and I think they're able to uh, really squeak out as much as they can from the consumer there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you have in our show notes um, a focus on intellectual property going back to the trade. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah. I mean, well, that's how China seems to have built mm-hmm. their economy. Um, It'll be interesting to see how much ground uh, each side is willing to give here, but the uh, the focus is definitely on uh, the retention of intellectual property for U.S. companies and and the fact that uh, Chinese Chinese competitors come out of nowhere. It would seem because right. intellectual property is uh, not necessarily is, is not a sacred thing over there um, and is not really protected to the to the extent it would be under U.S. law. Um, and that's I guess you know some people say that's the price that U.S. Right. companies pay for doing business in China, but um, that's that's just not a healthy relationship. So, are you investing in China? Yes or no? No. No. What about you? Good decision. No, I wouldn't say so. I answered correctly. <laughs> the uh, the only company I do like over there is Alibaba. I think Jack Ma is um, an extremely brilliant man, um, and I think hmm, I wouldn't go as far as to say that uh, he is the Elon Musk with with that intellectual mind, but he actually goes ahead and does what he says he's going to do. Um, and that, that was an interesting company to see go out. But I like them over there. But other than that, I'd like to stay out of them. That's, that's fair. Uh, we're going we're gonna to conclude, I think, with you know, one little piece. It was an interesting tidbit from the Wall Street Journal that active investing is on the rise again. Right. And I think that signals that people aren't necessarily as optimistic about broader markets. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say that everybody thinking they can magically outperform the market is a good thing. I'm not going to pretend that I know the secret. Um, Colin, what do you see as the, the pros and cons of being an active investor as opposed to a passive one? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, when we talk about passive investing, for those of you who don't know, we're talking about mutual funds, ETFs. We can talk about them a little bit in a second. Kind of you just put your money in a very broad range of companies and industries, and you just watch it hopefully grow, <laughs> not shrink. Um, as more an active one is... Um, you pick companies you like and you buy and sell as you see fit. Um, and I think both are important to a successful portfolio. Um, and I don't think it's a bad thing that we're going back to a more active way. Now, what would you say is more important? Would you say that it's the passive or the active side? I think... Or is it dependent on other factors? For growth, um, like steady growth, low volatility in your own per- portfolio... I would say mutual funds and ETFs are important, but they cannot stand alone because with just them, you will not be able to uh, uh, not only see a higher surge in your returns, but also when you invest in that one company, there's more emotion to it. Do you know what I mean? Yep. It's the, the emotional bias. There's, there's exactly. a better term for it. 
Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't want to part with Boeing right now. Exactly. I and just you, couldn't you do it. You have your baby. I couldn't do it. And you have certain companies that you just like love uh, management over there. You like what they do quarter after quarter. And uh, it's hard to part with that. But I think it's definitely important to have uh, both mutual funds and ETFs. Um, like I said, mutual funds more broad. Um, ETFs are um, more industry. Industry driven. Yeah. yeah. Kind of diverse within an industry, particular maybe. Exactly. So maybe you want it to. You don't want to go S and P five hundred. You want it to go, you know, technology or industrial products sector because that's where you think the money is. Instead of just focusing on one or two companies and you know a wing and a prayer, you're a little more spread out. Exactly. A little um, less risk. For example, we talked about war on cash, which I'm kind of bullish on right now. Um, people who are more active would get in on, like I said, Square. Uh, PayPal, MasterCard, Visa. There's an ETF with the ticker symbol IPAY or IPay, and that basically covers all of these uh, online payment companies. So you would be covered there um, and not get burned by Square if something happened to Jack Dorsey or anything like that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things to consider, and, and there's uh, it'll be an interesting year. I, I think most people, I think you're... Colin recently described me as the biggest bear he's ever met. Um, <laughs> that was when the markets were bearish, though. So I well, I would, then that. I was justified in saying that. Yeah, as you were. Um, I think most of us are, and I think Colin, you'll agree with me. We are short-term bullish, long-term. Yeah, eh, it's, yeah to bearish. I think that's pretty fair. It'll be an interesting year to follow. It will be. Um, I'm not sure any of our tips and tricks that we just gave you will be accurate because it's always important to know. Do not buy or sell solely based on what you hear. Oh, yeah. We're really, we're really not there. Just not. We're, we, like we said in our recent Cowell interview, we're going to have the conversations anyway, so might as well record it, and that's what we're doing for you guys here. So definitely feel free to give us feedback on anything you hear today or in our previous episodes. Or drop us a line if you want us to tackle a particular issue that you know just we don't talk about enough uh, i'm sure we'd be happy to do that yeah and like like he was just saying we're in the beginning stages of this podcast this is only our what fourth episode i think this is four we recorded an episode uh we said we weren't gonna talk about uh, that one. we're gonna talk about that one we recorded an episode a few weeks back uh we found out recently that we are really slaves to the market and to world news um so when world news is exciting we can be exciting we can have fun. Um, when it's not, it's really boring. We it's recorded really an episode a few weeks ago, and it was really bad. That's that's going to go away in the archives. Um, maybe 10 years down the road, we'll remaster and release that as part of a special edition box set or something like that. Definitely. You know? yeah. To give you guys some insight, our episodes are usually between 20 and 25 minutes long. The one we recorded a couple weeks ago, eight. Eight minutes. And it was a tough eight minutes. It was like the last eight minutes of a marathon that just goes on forever. I'm not going to pretend like I've run a marathon before. because I. Oh, no, I'm in a marathon class. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. No. Yeah. That's a different animal. But that is all we have for tonight. Um, So fingers crossed that we get another solid week and that earnings season still continues to ride high. I'm Christopher Florio. I'm Colin Williams. This has been Common Sense. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon.